Might need to check if that is. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name is Jake, and I'm joined in the virtual studio by Sambo and Johnny. How are you, chaps? Bloody fantastic. Yeah, pretty pretty damn good. What about yourself? I'm good. Yes. Very That's well. Good. Nice day. Reflecting on Lovely a good day. weekend. Yeah. Top stuff. Yeah. Can't complain. Can't you can, but who'd listen, as they say? Oh, exactly. who'd listen? Oh, hey. 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 Not that hey. we've got nothing to complain about. Great yep. weekend. Nice weather, except for mm. Saturday. Saturday was a bit of a stinker. But I'll tell you what, that was distant memories after the mm. weekend. Washed game. away. Washed, Washed away. away. In the yes. glory. I feel like we need some, uh, you know, we're going to start talking about all the things we're grateful for. We need the meditation music to come in. Oh, we do. We, we haven't did. had that for a while, which is um, a good thing. I know. Yeah. I haven't I know. needed it. Let, let's jump in, chaps. Let's jump in because there's a lot to get to on the show tonight. The AFLW Cats took down the Bombers in the elimination final. We're going to recap that and then to cap things off, we're going to step behind the Patreon subscription curtain and talk all about Claudia Gunjaka on the Patreon player focus. If you want to hear that part of the show, if you want to watch the entire show in video format, Go on over and subscribe to the Chaps Chat Cats at patreon.com, $3.50 US per month. You get extended shows, you get video versions of the shows, and you also get VFL men's and women's coverage during those seasons. Let's kick into it, though, chaps. The Cats waltz past the Bombers. Sam doing a tremendous job producing Absolutely here, bringing up the banners. Tremendous. Yeah. Uh, that's it's seamless. Just, that's a man who knows. It's a, it's a tough banners. job. It's a tough job, but uh, I'm it's I'm here. Job. I'm in the coal mines. All right, throwing up banners. Yeah. It's it's seamless. <laughs> worth worth the three dollars fifty. I might say exactly. <laughs> just just to see. Does the it take you back? One go down. One come back up. It's like ooh, ooh, oh, so oh, smooth. Hold on. Does Jake it... didn't even have to break stride in his speech. Nah. It was like bang bang Off we bang. Went. Did um does it take you back to you know doing like theater arts at TAFE you know lighting cues and you just like when you hit that fade and right. the person hits their mark on stage just like giddy up yeah 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 just you know the job's just to to make sure you yes you sit behind the talent just you know making sure making sure their job is easy they look as good as they can I'm just here to here to here to make you look good Jake really just uh oh. just just set you up perfectly and you're doing a bang the up the best job. clubman award goes to Stambo. Um, let's, let's dive in then. The Cats, they started like a house on fire and they kicked goals to go with it. The first three majors of the game for the Cats, including the opener to Ashling Maloney after just 52 seconds. There followed goals to Jacqueline Parry and Chloe Shear and a flurry of behinds. Kate Sermon, a rush behind and a behind to Darcy Maloney. Cats went in at Quarter time up 3-4-22 to 0-1-1, maintaining the record this season that the Demons are the only team to have kicked a goal against the Cats in opening quarters this season, which is just absolutely insane. That means 10 out of 11 games Geelong has not conceded a major in the opening quarter. 
The Cats took control of the game after Essen had opened the scoring in the second quarter. They kicked the next three goals to go up 7-7-49 to 2-1-13 at halftime. Obviously a bit of bad news at the half as Chloe Shear was ruled out for the game, possibly ruled out for the next game as well with what has now been deemed a hairline fracture um, of her shoulder. Shoulder? Yeah, shoulder. Trying to find what the exact shoulder. Um, To her right collarbone. Suffered a hairline fracture to her right collarbone, so she was in a sling and out. But the Cats had already established that buffer. The third quarter and the fourth quarter really did just feel like a team that was able to keep the opposition at arm's length. A few cheap goals to the Bombers in the final term narrowed the margin, but in no way did the game ever feel under threat after halftime. Geelong held to just the two behinds across the last two quarters of the game, but Essendon unable to ever really get anywhere near making this an actual contest. The Cats run out 7-9, 51-5-3, 33-winners, 18-point victors. Sambo, Johnny, the Cats dominated. Uh, According to the AFLW website, 64% of the game was played in Geelong's forward half of the ground, and that stat really marries up to what we saw with our eyes, correct? Absolutely correct. That was... That was a, a sensational two quarters that the Cats put out there and then just uh, put the queue in the rack for the last two, which they basically just had the luxury to do after what they did in that first half. And i tell you what, that's what we've been asking for all year was a performance like that. They come out the gate as hot as they did and just dominate a team from the start until they thought it was in the bag. And as we said it, the, 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 the first deficit doesn't matter at this time of year. It just matters as you win. It doesn't matter how much by. So the Cats were pretty cruisy with, you know, letting the Bombers get a few junk time goals. Um, yeah, and yeah, the, the Cats team. I mean, couldn't couldn't have asked for a better performance. And I think every player played probably at the absolute best. There was a couple. Shelley Scott was probably the only one that played below her best, but that's pretty expected after she's only played I think two games previous to this one and injury throughout the year as well missed like had one game missed a game came back for this one I think so can't expect her to set the world on fire but she still did some really good things in that game and if it wasn't for a bounce of the ball she probably could have had one or two goals as well so a bit of bad luck for Shelley Scott but apart from that I think this whole team knew what the assignment was, knew who they were up against, knew the stakes they wanted to amend for last year, and they did. And every player can go, they put their best form out there. And, yeah, as as I said, it's what we've been asking for for a little while is to see this. And if they can bring this next weekend against Melbourne, they've got every chance to win another game and get to a prelim. But yeah, I was just super pleased and super excited to see what this team can do when they all focus and are all on the same page and work as a team. Yeah, it was, um, it was really just a foregone conclusion after about the opening three minutes, wasn't it? Like it didn't like, Mm. (laughs) of course there was the junk time stuff and there was the, 
the best ep- uh, best efforts of the officials, if I can be so biased as to say, <laughs> uh, which I can because it's my podcast. <laughs> I can say what I want. Um, I think it, twenty four to sixteen, Sam. I was going to say I, was, I think it's worth pointing out the only meaningful stat that they beat us in was free kicks. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, they had more turnovers as well. <laughs> <laughs> um uh like yeah it was it was there was, there was, there was a shots there were a couple of um yeah there were a couple of blemishes here and there you said shelly scott i think was the at the you know the recipient of a, recipient of a couple of really unfortunate bounces um there's a couple of times oh where it, God, it was like, like when it looked like she's gonna be away and it was like someone had the ball in a string and they just yanked yeah. it back the other way um, <laughs> so i think that i think that re- reflects pretty harshly um yeah on her um but yeah like team 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 wide i thought the uh the intent was there that was probably the thing that i was most encouraged by there was there was zero timidness coming out against a team that previously had the goods over us you know in a final mm-hmm. A lot of young players, a, a team that's really only clicked together in the last three games, um, and they just didn't look. I was, yeah, I was interested to see if we would start a little slow or even, I guess, fade. You know, start with that early um, energy, but we just really didn't. And I thought the uh, the intent, both offensively and defensively, was was really good. Um, I mean, we lost uh, our pressure game was really good. We lost the the tackle count but i think that's to be expected when you have the ball most of the game uh, <laughs> so i mean it, it, yeah it's still um you know our season average for, for tackles is 69.6 and we we laid 59 um but as i said we, we you know we absolutely dominated we won the more than doubled their tackles inside 50 count um i yeah i was really happy overall i think that i won't get into too much into specific players because obviously we'll, we'll get into that after but um Possibly, like the scoreline, obviously the final score is very flattering to the Bombers. And I would say this is possibly the most dominant game we've played, especially considering the the stakes and the context. Yeah, it definitely feels like the most dominant we've ga- game we've played since week one mm. um, against yes. the Dogs sort of thing. I think if you go back, you know, but the stage, of course, in this, much bigger and you know I, I think you hit the nail on the head there sam the only you know significant stats they beat us in you know free kicks and and they had more turnovers <laughs> so the only stats they had more things at us you know and tackles and really the tackling reflected more that we had possession of the ball far more often so there were more opportunities for them to tackle um the one I, I was one so yeah that really stands out to me that I saw is um tackles inside fifty, fifteen to seven cats away. I think that's that was yeah. really evident on the weekend. Just that immense pressure that cats were able to put on the bombers constantly was just so pleasing. It was just like, yes, this is it. Yeah, and and that's what I was gonna say too about um Shelley Scott as well, for someone who's sort of been you know, back into the side late or later in the year, you know, contributed two tackles inside 50. Um, Nina Morrison, a couple of tackles inside 50. Amy McDonald, three for Darcy Maloney. Um, I I loved 
just the the total sort of commitment to to dominate from the start essentially like it, it was such a clear like sambo said to come out of the gate so aggressively so forcefully mm. and just be like we are not gonna let you get a sniff we're yeah. just gonna be on you right from the word go i was so impressed and- with that johnny yeah, oh, yes. Yeah, I think the one thing that impressed me the most was how they they obviously learned a lot from the last game against the Bombers and knew how they like to play. And then this game, they were like, well, you like to kick, you like to mark, you like to control the ball mm. a fair bit. Not going to let you do that. And the way they were set up defensively for the entire game was just amazing. Even when Bombers were on the counterattack, the Cats always seemed to be perfectly set up or whatever the Bombers threw at them. And it was only a few time, uh, a couple times when the Bombers actually really stretched that defence was just when they're having sort of shots at goals and it was just that cheeky chip to a player that had found a bit of space. But apart from that, the Bombers just couldn't get inside that 50 and they couldn't use their kick. They couldn't use their handball. They couldn't do anything that they liked to do because the Cats were just that more prepared, that more hungry, that more intent on just smothering whatever the bombers were wanting to do until that last quarter where the cats just i reckon just like well what's the point in putting their bodies on the line that extra bit to save the scoreline that's not going to matter because at the end of the day we don't want more injuries to players at this time um we already most likely lost sheer so we don't want to lose a presparkas or a nina morrison mm. or amy mcdonald in the last quarter of a game that's won. So I think what they did was really smart. And it was just a it was just one of those games where they outsmarted, outplayed, out everything the bombers. Whatever the bombers did, the cats were aware of and did that much better. I have to um say, I have to admit that the chap's Twitter account normally is, you know, uh, you know, we focus just a lot on Geelong's performance. We don't, you know, we're, 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 we're pretty level-headed. I will say, I allowed myself to get a little, a little I chirpy. S- at I the saw end that of on this. Twitter. I loved um, the <laughs> response. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I said, I, 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 there was a flurry of things that happened where Michaela Bowen had a Bombers player dead to rights in a holding the ball tackle. Wasn't paid. No idea how yep. it wasn't. Then the exact same thing is paid against her, you know, a few minutes later at the other end of the ground and the Bombers get the free kick. Um, and it was, I think it was that one. Michaela Bowen tried to go around Paige Scott. Paige Scott tackles her there. And then once she's got the free kick, gives her a shove on the ground. And that's when I, I tweeted, Paige Scott, the AFLW's answer to Brody Meyer check. And to clarify <laughs> on here, a fake tough. Like go after go go on and give Rachel Kearns a shove, give Meg McDonald a shove, give you know someone like Chloe Shear a shove, and, and see how you get on. No, I'm going to find like one of the the smaller in stature cats players and give them a, a shove on the ground. I thought there's a few things that guess, really got under what? my skin. What she chose the wrong player to shove because you don't shove Darcy Maloney because she will get up in your face and give it right back. She's a little firecracker. And she's the one who's the more enforcer of the cats. And I love that of her. She's just a so, so feisty, the, 
girl who just wants to, you know, if you shove someone, she's going to be in your face and shoving you right back. And it was, so it was that, and then uh, like booing about the free kicks. There was yep. the late goals and, and stuff. And, and, and so I, I put out a tweet. I just said, enjoy the late game charity and your summer, Essendon. Ciao. And and the exactly. hoops, I believe, said um, <laughs> that the hoop, the hoop said, love the lippiness from the chaps. We hear from it. And I retweeted it and said, I, I thought there was a bit of baseball about it. You know, the, the English cricket team after the Ashes going on about, you're basically taking the moral victory. And that's what I felt like in this game, chaps. These, the Bombers were beaten from, from pillar to post. We had the better of the Prosparcuses. We had the better of basically every facet of the game. The queue was in the rack at halftime. And, you know, I just look forward to the tell-all books from from the Bombers players about what a great win this was for them down at Cadinia Park. The one that stood out for me a lot where I was like, why why are you acting like that? And that was when it was deep in the last quarter. Essendon player took a mark and I think it was Meg McDonald, someone gave her a bit of a hip and shoulder off the mark and they got a 50 meter penalty mm. and bonnie too good celebrated like it was going to be a match winning goal and i think it was going to be a first goal which you know yeah it's a thing yeah. to celebrate but it's not a thing to celebrate when you're in a finals you're down by that much you know it's 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 like celebrate after the game with her go yeah that's a good moment but the way she celebrated mm. was like is that yeah sort of like take that moral moral victory yeah you you had us in the first half but at the end of the game if there was another six quarters we would have had you geelong we would have had this game in the bag it sort of felt like that i I, I think moral moral victory it was nice to see uh we're just saying though too sam extending on your point of like so nice to see the cats come out of the gate with a clear like mindset to put Essendon away early, like to leave no doubt that, yeah, you're coming down here as our first time playing the Bombers at Cadinia Park in the AFLW. We've had to travel twice to Warrnambool to play them. And it was just like, yeah, there's going to be no no confusion about who's taking this win and moving on to the next round uh, of finals. I thought the ball movement... Um, was incredible it's particularly inside 50 35 inside 50s and we had i was trying to see the marks inside 50 uh 15 marks inside 50 so nearly nearly a mark inside 50 on half of our entries um did you were you guys as impressed as i was with the way we were spotting up players like the the early mark and goal to to Maloney, who by the way, Ashley Maloney is currently ranked third in the whole competition for marks on the lead per game. There's only two players with more than than Ashley Maloney. Wow. Yeah, no, she was she was uh incredibly impressive from from out out the gate, obviously. Um I really thought I was a good chance to get bang on the uh, with the the prediction this week. I don't think I I don't think I got bang on in the end, but I think I got pretty close. So um yeah, what she brings is 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 pretty. I uh, as we've said ad nauseum, it's pretty pretty special. Uh, and and I thought yeah, you're right, totally right, Jake, about the ball movement and the ball movement under pressure too. When it was like you feel like on another day, you know, 
uh, it just under different circumstances, you could watch that game and it could just, the ball could just keep just going beyond fingertips, you know, like the hand passes could just go just too far overhead or they just, you know, they just get a little, uh, you know, a little deflection that makes them not perfect. And it was just, it was just like inch perfect every time someone would do a, do a hand pass to like Nina Morrison and Nina Morrison's not looking when the ball leaves the person's hand, like the, from the hand, you know, Rebecca is a specific time when Rebe- Rebecca Webster did. I've gone Rebecca Webster's hand pass it to the back of Morrison's head, but like just, just at the right time, Morrison turns briefly, doesn't even turn and catch it, just turns to look at the ball and turns away again and catches it without looking and keeps moving. Like some of that stuff where you're like, this just, there's just, I guess it's just, it feels like there's days where you go, none of this would work. There's days where you'd be like, Ah, it was, it was so frustrating. It just makes you realize how how small of a gap you can have between a frustrating day and a just phenomenally brilliant day. And that's what this one found like, felt like. It's just like almost everything was just on point. And I think if we can if we can have we can play the same and have that little bit of luck, uh, and obviously the extreme composure under pressure, you kind of feel like we can beat anyone. Yeah, absolutely. I think, as Jake said, that ball movement was elite. And I think, yeah, as I said to you guys in when we were chatting during the game, there was a few moments where the Cats were in deep in defence. And they're just, just the way they're able to move it from defence into forward 50 was just utterly incredible. And the way they were moving as well, the speed and the, the dare and the run and just the, the trust in each other to be in the right position at the right time. And also the trust that if it didn't come off, that there was players there to help them set up in defence and help them get the ball back. And, yeah, it was just on show for those first two quarters. It was on show just how incredibly skilled these players are and what they are capable of. And I think every player is going to take a lot of confidence out of this game in saying, yeah, we are good enough to play finals. We are good enough to win a finals now. Let's take that confidence into Melbourne next week and prove Melbourne wrong again, that we are capable of beating you in a big game. And I think I think they can. It's just got to be this intensity. And, yeah, it's going to be tough, but they've got everything everything lined up for them to do it. They've got a great midfield, great forward line. Even with most likely without Shear, I think the forward line still without Shear looked really solid, looked really competitive. Ashleen Maloney looked sensational. I think the way she's just the way she was able to move throughout that game and just outsmart her opponent on multiple occasions was amazing. And it still was just those little five percent ish uh, things that she's still not perfect on but it's like minor minor tiny things that she's not doing perfectly next year when she's got those ironed out she's going to be nearly unstoppable like seriously unstoppable she is that incredibly good and i'm really really looking forward to it yeah and she had eight marks ashling maloney did eight marks which was the most of any player on the ground and six of those were inside 50, which was twice as many as the next closest player on the ground, which was Bonnie Too Good. And just, I know we keep talking about it, but 
Yeah. <laughs> like, it's unbelievable to me how quickly she's adapted to all of those, like, normal footy things. She just looks like such a natural footy player and really did lead the attack. Um, as we said, it'll be interesting to see how this goes next week. We can get into all that on the preview show, but that's a, that's another, that's a, it's a different kind of challenge going mm. up against that super experienced Melbourne team. Though, if you remember, she kicked three goals last time she played Melbourne mm. down at Cadinia Park. She was the bright light for the Cats. So I, I actually wonder too whether it'll be interesting to see how the Cats go having that normal focal point in Shear taken away. In that, you know, in some ways we had this really nice spread of goal kickers. We had two for Maloney, one to Shear, one for Parry, but then we also got goals to Julia Crocker Grills, who was leading out from the square. We got a goal to Amy McDonald, who kicked almost like a crumbing small forwards goal. And we kicked one to Georgie Presparka streaming through 50. So it just gives you it, obviously, you'd prefer to have Shear, but it is funny sometimes how it, it suddenly diversifies your attack because it's like, well, we can't just kick to Maloney. We, you know, we've got to look, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I just wonder how it's all going to impact. I thought it was a really consistent effort from our midfield. 23 touches to Becky Webster, 23 to Prasparkas, 21 to Amy McDonald, 19 to Nina Morrison, 17 to Michaela Bowen. Um, we I assume that you chaps were were pretty impressed by what the cats did in the middle of the ground to get the ball going our way and with a bit of dare and speed too. Yeah, they kind of made it look easy though too, didn't they? Like, like it was impressive, but you, you kind of also just started taking it for granted after a few minutes just because of because of how how well they were doing it and how easy they made it look. And also to be fair, they do it so often. Like you know, it's it's. Of, of the ups and downs of this team this year, it's never really been the movement in the middle that's kind of let them let them down, or the the um, you know the the dash and go and commitment of the midfield um, has. And I think I think the other thing is um, Webster's impact on it, and like which is slowly built as she's come back in. Um, you kind of do. I think it was easy to forget how big of a part of the team she was last season and then not having a, you know, and they've, as, as we said before, you know, the media loves to talk up Chris Barkas and, um, and Morrison, but Amy McDonald, not so much. And definitely Webster, not so much. Um, and I, I think that that's, you know, her working back into form has been a, a huge, a huge benefit. Um, and yeah, I just, it, it just, it didn't really let up, I guess, the midfield until like, like we said, that junk time. But even then, in the midfield, it didn't ever feel like it really, um, yeah, that it let up. It just felt like we we struck a tone in the opening thirty seconds, and then more or less kept it for the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah, it was good. That was really impressive. How the Cats' midfield was able to, as you said, maintain that rage and contain it throughout the entire game. And I really liked. Um, Paul's game as well. I thought she mm. conducted herself really well in the ruck and also around the ground. I feel like she's really starting to get into the flow of how a ruck player can play. It's not just about tapping the ball down and moving on to the next one to tap it down. But I really love that 
um, really rough and hard tackle she got on, I think it was Maddie Prasparkas. She was Maddie's about to run through the center ground. And Hill was on the on her hands and knees and still just jumped up and grabbed her and stopped her in her path from bursting through. And I thought that's a really crucial moment in the game. I think it was like in the second quarter or something. But I thought that stood out to me. It's just her commitment to trying to get to the ball and get to a contest and make an impact. And I thought she did it really well this weekend and helped that midfield get that um, domination in the mid throughout the game. Yeah, I thought this was, uh, she won't make it into my votes, but I thought this was one of Zali Friswell's best games. Yeah. Don't know about you chaps, but I, I just yeah. thought that, as I uh, said, the numbers probably won't say it, but she just took the game on so aggressively yeah. and so confidently and just loved to see that from her. As I said, she's a player to watch. Watch her and you'll be very impressed. Mm. What did you think of Jacqueline Parry's game? Because I was struck again personally by her importance to like how we structure up. She only finishes with one goal too, but has six marks, uh, which is second most on the team, um, has a goal assist, spent 95% of time on ground. Um, I feel like, yeah, I, like I feel like she continues uh, had second most score involvements with seven. Just continues to be like a massive presence, a massively improved presence from last year. It seems like. Yeah, she she brings a real kind of um, like maturity to the forward like forward line. Like she's got such a a level head. I think under pressure and you know. In, in the moment, she never really seems to get flustered. She never really looks like she's, you know, like chasing in any way. She's she's one of those players that looks like she's she knows where she's headed. She's moving to a position as opposed to chasing the ball or chasing a player or whatever. Like I think her 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 positioning and, and game awareness is really good. Um and, and yeah, I think I think that just she's so different. She's so different to the other people we've got in the forward line. She brings her own own thing completely. And she is one of those players that doesn't necessarily need a huge stat line to impact the game. Like I think what she brings to it is a, is a lot more like even just things that probably don't count it as a, as a possession, you know, just being able to crash a pack and bring, bring the ball down. Um, uh, yeah. I think she's, she's, as you say, like really crucial to the way the forward line is operating at the moment. Which again will be really interesting next week to see how we go with how she goes and how Maloney goes without Shia and and what how they form up to account for that. Yeah, I, I think Parry's game. She just seems to be getting better and better each week, and that's, I think that half forward position for her is like perfect, perfectly suited for her because she you know gets into ruck a bit, takes a really good mark, presents well, has a you know pretty good kick depending on how far out she is, but that can only get better. But I also just love her desire and will to get to a contest and make an impact. And I think that's a really promising sign that she's just wants to get there. And yeah, I think without Sheer, mm. it's, I, I reckon Shelley Scott after this game will definitely be better off next week against Melbourne, uh, against, against her old side along with Harry. 
I feel like, you know, dusted off a few cobwebs, a bit of the rust, as they say, but and I think she'll be much better for um for this game as you know, having to play a bit more of that forward spear spearhead alongside Ashley Maloney. Mm. And as I said, as she got more into the game, you could see Shelley was able to impact a lot more. Yeah, I was also very impressed by Jackie Perry. Won't get in my votes, but yeah, she was mm. she did a really good job no. and showed why the cats went after her and got her because she does add a lot. It may not be a huge amount of goals each week, but just that extra presence in the forward line is another reason why the Cats forward is going to be really dangerous in the coming years. Yeah, and, and something that Sam hit on um, or something Sam said just sparked me to say something. I think I messaged to you guys and I think I put it on Twitter or X the artist formerly known as Twitter, um, oh. was the the tackling the discipline of pressure for the Cats, where, yeah. you know, when Geelong had the ball, obviously everyone was moving to overlap, to present an option up forward, to present, to present an option to the side of the ball carrier so you could, you know, work it laterally with that overlapping attacking run. But then... You don't always get that the other way. Sometimes that's the hard bit. Once the ball turns over, then you have people trailing back. What I loved about Geelong on the weekend was when the ball turned over, it reminded me of, you know, when we were doing a, a coaching clinic a few years ago, Sambo up in Albury, where it was like, there's two phases of the game. They used to teach you this was in, in soccer, but I think it applies to all sports. It's either you have possession or you're trying to win possession back. That's essentially the two phases of sport. And when you're in the phase of trying to win back possession, it requires a commitment from everyone to do their bit to eventually force the turnover and then you're back in control of the game. And I thought that was just illustrated so many times for Geelong where Essendon would get possession and then just moment by moment, Geelong would slowly, you know, cast the net and then draw it in they were just patient one player would go try and make the tackle or the block you know and if Essendon got a hand pass off another player would go to that player and eventually patiently but inevitably Geelong would force a turnover or a stoppage situation and they'd win the ball back um I feel like it was our most disciplined team defensive effort particularly obviously um, in the first half before the queue was kind of put in the rack. But I, I was just blown away by the relentlessness of we are committed as a team to winning the ball back and, and gaining possession. Yeah, I couldn't say it any better than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but like it was evident like evident to you guys watching, like as well, that it was just such a good illustration of that that you can't afford to have any weak link. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I, I felt like there were less of those times, like you always talk about, Sambo, where you have three players go to one and they yeah. pop a handball out to someone in space. That just didn't really happen on the weekend, which was, yeah. was you know, fantastic. It was two players to one, and then they were put to pop the handball out and it was to a Cats player. But then... Was able to give the handball mm. to one of the players that had laid a tackle. So yeah, it was just as yeah, as Sam said, couldn't put it any better. And as I said, 
just that whole backline structure was set up for the entire game so perfectly that it was nearly impossible for Mel, uh, not not Melbourne, for Essendon to be able to even hey, have a look Melbourne. in. <laughs> <laughs> One of the Melbournes. One of them. One of those teams. Um, do you chaps have any other sort of like game thoughts before we just get into talking about a few players and doing our votes? I mean, not really. It's a hard one to talk about because it felt so straightforward in so many ways. I've had a bitch about mm. the umpires. We've had a bitch about Essendon. We've talked about how good the cats were. Like, yeah, it was um, mm. it it was about as as straightforward as I of a game of football as I think I've watched. Yeah, mm. yeah, no, I agree with that. I think we fit on all um, the well, topics nicely. Well, let's talk then about just some players maybe who aren't going to make out votes. I had a really tough time this week personally. Don't know about you chaps. Um, But so I'm going to basically there's probably six players. I would have gone there a lock for votes, but of Mm. course I can only have three. Um, So, and I I don't know if this player would have been one of those six, but I really wanted to highlight her efforts. And that was Kate Sermon. Mm -hmm. Sermon had three tackles. Um, on the day, eleven disposals, three tackles, couple of marks, only you know thirty-two meters gained. It does it. It does not look like a particularly, you know, impressive uh, sort of performance by her. But I guess I bring it up to also bring up the stat that she and Renee Gehring are both in the top fifteen in the league for tackles inside fifty. Sermon has twenty on the season. Gehring has eighteen, and I just. I feel like Sermon's addition to the team has allowed us the freedom to move Kearns down back because Kearns was sort of always intended to be playing maybe half, you know, maybe sort of half forward, but, you know, pressuring. And I just feel like Sermon coming in to play that role is naturally more suited to it. And it, it gives us the opportunity to experiment with putting Kearns in a different position, which she now seems really suited for. But I don't know. The, I, I can't get the pressure act specifically for this game, um, but I feel like Sermon would have been up there. And I, I just liked her hustle. I, I, I guess she was a player who, yeah, I don't know. I just have felt across the season she's been a really important pickup for a number of reasons. And I thought she 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 performed her role uh, once more on the weekend. What about yeah. you, chaps? Other players to bring up? Oh, um, I'm going to say Claudia Conchaka. <laughs> just didn't, didn't get my votes, but another game where she's just showing what fantastic game player she is. Um, won't talk much because obviously she's in the player focus, so I won't say too much. Um, also, yeah. Meg McDonald. Just didn't make my vote, but again, just that the way her and Gonjaka are able to work together to both lead the defense and the team from the back is just remarkable. I think since them two have teamed up in defense, that it's looking really strong and really solid. And then you get the ability for Chantel Emerson to run up mm. to the forward line and deliver absolute bullets inside 50 and set up goals each in every single game. So I think Gunjaka and and Nick McDonald just freeing each other up and working together super well is just 
also let loose so many other players to play a way that suits them so much better. Yeah, well, um, Kunjaka is one of mine, so I will chuck out. Um, I mean, we've spoken about Friswell um, and Gehring a little bit and uh, Sermon. Uh, Chantal Emonson, again, didn't make the votes, but just kind of just Chantal Emonson doing Chantal Emonson things. <laughs> um, <laughs> so just so incredibly dependable, you know, 12 disposals, but 219 metres gained. Uh, again, up there for disposal efficiency. Um and it's just she's sort of it's very rare to see her have a have sort of like a, a quiet a, a really quiet game um you know and yeah. i think uh yeah i mean it was 70 75 percent disposal efficiency so not a, certainly not her highest but um again just such a level a level head and just seems to know the game inside and out um is able to apply herself throw you know lay a tackle here an intercept mark here um she can move with the ball, you know. She can lay it off well, but she can all she can also move pretty well with it. You know, she's it's not uncommon for her to, uh, and she did a couple of times on the weekend. You know, just not like in a showy way, like selling candy, but just step, just take one of those really, um, concise and and well placed steps just to move and create a little bit of space before uh, getting rid of the disposal. So, uh, yeah, I thought she was um, again a pretty dependable and important part of the squad. No, I like that. Um, I mean, I, I thought Aaron Hoare actually played pretty well in the ruck. Again, seven yeah, to Johnny did give her a shout out earlier, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it was you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, no, she had, Yeah, okay. Well, as long as we covered that. 21 hit outs, didn't she? 21? I think yeah, so. Yeah, 21 hit outs yeah. and two clearances. And I, and I thought in the first half, there were like, a number of times where she just put it on absolute plate yeah. for Prasparkas, you know, speeding through. Uh, I got some vibes early on of like Geelong's grand final win in the men's from 2022 early on, mm. where it was just like cats just streaming through the center clearance situation and Essendon just struggling to keep up. Uh, and then obviously impossible to defend when you've got Shear and Maloney leading out. Um, from the 50, it was, yeah. Uh, we've talked about Michaela Bowen, haven't we? Did we talk about Bowie? Whoa. I don't think so. I no, think... no, no, we haven't. But I'll, I'll throw her in as one. She didn't make my vote. 17 disposals, uh, five tackles, three marks. I just thought she is absolutely tireless, the way she gets up and down the ground on the wing. Um uh, yeah, I was just massively impressed by her work rate, as we always are. She also had six intercept possessions, which was the second most for any cat. Um, so, yeah, I, I was impressed there uh, from Michaela Bowen. Just another, you know, great pickup that we've added to the team in the last couple of years. One player that's not getting my votes, which probably become a shock to our listeners, maybe, but... I just couldn't find room in my votes for Georgie Prasparthus. Again, another just incredible game by her. But it's still just, I feel like it's just her last kick. It's still just that little bit letting her down every now and then. But apart from that, she still is an incredible player. And we'll look back on the year and look at the stats and still think it's a sensational year. But I just thought there was a few others. I just played that little bit 
a little bit better than her, which is tough to say. But yeah, just another it's... Georgie Prasparkas game where she knows what to do. She's real tough. She gets in, she gets out, she gets the mm. ball inside 50 a lot. So that may be a, th- a thing. But yeah, just just couldn't find room for her, which is tough because she probably would any other week. I love that when Madison Prasparkas kicked a goal on the 17-minute mark, on the 20-minute mark, Georgie got one straight back. Yeah. Yes. That was an absolute sensational goal. I love that uh, Maddie, Maddie Prasparkas had 40% disposal efficiency. <laughs> no clearance. I also love that Maddie Prasparkas got both her goals off three kicks that she took advantage of. Love it. <laughs> there's lots of um, stuff happening. Um, look, I, there, um, there's a few other players that I would mention, but I feel like between us all, we're probably going to cover them in the votes. So maybe at the end, if they if they didn't get a vote, I, I'll... I feel like if right. <laughs> if we're going to cover the players that didn't get into the votes, we might as well just go for the whole. Yes, route. but I, I do. I, I, yeah, I mean, like there's play, there's there's players yeah, yeah. that I think I want to make sure we talk about, but I'm pretty sure, sure they're going to get in the votes. They'll votes. be in the votes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, let's do the votes let's then. I'm I'm gonna I'll lead off. I am going Go to give it. I'm gonna give one vote to and this is a tough one to try and find, but uh, a, I'm giving one really vote tough. to jo- tough. to Georgie Prasparkas. Mm-hmm. Twenty three no. touches, nine clearances. Couple of tackles, three hundred and seventy-six meters gain, kicked a goal. Um, did she have a goal assist as well? I was trying to see if she was one so, of the players. No, she, she didn't. Did. But uh, oh. uh, not according to the website. But that's um, potentially wrong anyway. Who knows? Uh, so Prasparkas gets my one. My two votes go to Amy McDonald. Um, she had twenty-one touches, had half Prasparkas's clearances. She only had four. Prasparkas had nine but had 11 tackles to lead the game, also kicked the goal. So I gave her my two votes. She also had a goal assist. Um, I found it impossible to go past a player in a rookie season playing her 11th game of footy total who took over the game um, when we needed someone after. Like that sheer injury, if Ashling Maloney wasn't in the side, could have been an absolute hammer blow to Geelong. and. Uh, the Irish wonder, Ashley Maloney, just said, "Righto, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in and do that." Two goals, eighteen disposals, fourteen of them kicks, eight marks, six of those inside fifty, a couple of tackles, a goal assist, one of the most clever goal assists you will ever see. A little soccer um, from the boundary to the advantage of a player, three hundred twenty-seven meters gained as well. Um, and to top all that off, I as think a thought. she went at a pretty deep. <laughs> yeah, 66.7% disposal efficiency, which is plenty. Eight score involvements, which was team high. So Ashley Maloney was my three. I've gone one for Sparkus, two for Amy McDonald, three for Maloney. What about you, Johnny? My one is going to Rebecca Webster. Again, another just absolutely brilliant game by her. Um, Finding her feet at the perfect time, and it felt like it's felt like the cats have played this perfectly with Rebecca. Just going, we'll bring her in at this point, 
she'll have a few games in the normal season. And when finals rock up, she's going to be fit and firing and ready to go. And last week she was fit and firing and ready to go. And then she backed it up again this week and played an absolutely sensational game. And it's, yeah, it's crazy to think that she's come so far in such a short period as long uh, as with so many other players, but she is such a crucial key part to this cat's not only defence, but also midfield and half-forward position. I just feel like she can play anywhere and be effective. And just, yeah, again, just the same as Kunjaka and Meg McDonald, the way she's able to work with those two. And then in the midfield and then in the forward line and just get everywhere. She's just able to get everywhere and impact. And, yeah, just awesome, awesome player. So good. So good to see her playing for the Cats and dominating and glad that she's a part of this team. My two votes going to Amy McDonald as well. Can't really say much more than what Jake said. Another obvious choice game. Just, yeah, when we need Amy McDonald to stand up, she always stands up. And my three votes are also going to Ashling Maloney because that game is, if that's, Half of what she's half of her best ability, then what her absolute best is going to be. As I said, she's going to be an unstoppable once she fully gets aware of how the game works and gets around the shape of the ball and all that. And you know, kicks can and kick it. She's a got a pretty good better. idea already in rookie season. Good, really good idea, but I tell you what, when she's got that full hundred percent idea of. Mm. how the game works, how the ball works. She's just going to be unstoppable. But that was an incredible game by her. And just the ability to know where to run to get a mm. perfectly weighted kick from Shear. That You don't see that from every single rookie player. That is such a rare thing to have, you know, player playing the first season, the first few games, first yeah, first few games of, entirely new sport mm. is just incredible so yeah can't believe she's playing for the cats and can't wait to see what she becomes and what and you know to lead our team this season and be the third most in marks mm. on the lead like that's a stat i wouldn't expect a first year footy player to lead in it shows an understanding and a connection with teammates um, if she and kicked a little bit straighter, she probably could have nearly won for most goals. Well, she certainly would have challenged for hours because she had eleven behinds and and six goals when the regular season ended. So, um, yeah, was yeah has been massive. Just on the Becky Webster one before I get Sambo's votes, um, twenty three touches, ninety one point three percent disposal efficiency. You're stealing my stats um, and, for my votes. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize. You go. You take over. <laughs> my, 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 my one vote goes to, uh, and it was, it was really tough. I was really splitting hairs between Morrison and McDonald uh, today. Like, I really, and Prasparkas too, to be honest. Like, I've all through this episode, even, I've been going and looking at each stat and comparing the three, those three players. Um, but I, it's, I've ended up with McDonald. I think, um, yes, she's the obvious choice. The tackles probably tip her slightly over 
Morrison was far better with disposal efficiency, um, but but and slightly better with clearances. But um, anyway, yeah, I think it was um, McDonald's. Uh, yeah, her influence often was just fell all over the ground, as is so often the case. My two votes are going to Ashling Maloney, and my three votes are going to Rebecca Webster. I like, I honestly like from the I messaged in like the opening three minutes, and I was like, Webster is looking electric. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, there was, it was, it was actually a no contest for me for the number one spot. Everything else was really tough, but, um, like you said, Jake, 23 disposals, five marks, um, 401 meters gained. Like she was, she was game high for disposals and meters gained 80, 89% of the game on the ground, uh, second on the field for disposal efficiency, um, with, which is crazy to have the most disposals and second highest disposal efficiency only behind chloe Shear, who went at a hundred percent with like what three disposals or something <laughs> um yeah, two and two touches webster also had uh four inside 50s three score involvements four intercept possessions uh so uh yeah three three of her uh um sorry four inside 50s and um oh no i was right sorry Three score involvements. So three of her four inside fifties essentially resulted in goals. Um, and I just thought of all the players, even compared to the midfielders, I thought she had this real like I think I think we've used this term before, like swashbuckling approach to the game, where she was like picking up the ball and like giving just a little like a little slap on the wrist of anyone that was near her and just like bursting through. Um, and looking for that option and just like blind hand passes and hand passes to players that weren't even like they weren't even looking at her, just kind of telepathically communicating that the ball was was on its way uh, for them to turn and pick it up. And just so many of those beautiful passages of play started with Webster and then also continued with Webster. The amount of times she was sort of like the first disposal and then also the third or fourth that she, she'd get it on the run again. Um, yeah, I... It was, yeah, it was, I think probably, I haven't looked at it statistically. I would have to say that's close to, certainly from an eyeball perspective, probably her best performance, yeah. I think. Uh, and and one of my p- favorite performances of the year. Like, I just, I just absolutely nice. uh, love the way she acquitted herself. Beautiful. Love it. Someone put it, so, someone tweeted, um, I think it was, has Webster had a single possession that she hasn't like sold candy on? <laughs> yeah, and there, there was like one that, time when she took it too long. It was, she got holding the ball because you're like, <laughs> sometimes yeah. she's like, I just have to do it again. I don't have time to, but I have to try. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was amazing. No, I, I can't. And can I say a fucking crime any, that the uh, AFL fantasy points has Bonnie Too Good and Madison Prasparkis as the two highest on the ground. Fucking crock of shit is this? Yes, AFL fantasy. This is why you can't trust to Bonnie the, Too Good. The fantasy rating. Just, no, which will be the couple of goals um, padding at the end. Webster's eighth. Yeah. yeah. And and it's it's so yeah, anyway. We, most dispo- like yeah. normally that shit's yeah. disposal heavy. How do you have the most disposal on the ground with the highest disposal efficiency and end eight in any kind of fucking points yeah. metric? Anyway. <laughs> it's, don't it's, understand it's called, it. And it's called the last quarter padding where the cat's just like, you know what? 
we feel bad for you, but, but we paid the three paid quarters before a little bit extra. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the fantasy, the fantasy stats are that they I personally I don't find them that much of an indication. No, you know, it, it's it's weighted pretty. Heavily I don't know what toward. it is. I don't understand it at all. Yeah, um, I was just going to say too. I feel like Becky Webster has probably put together her best two games of the season in back to back weeks. I feel like we talked about her quite a bit in the Hawthorne game. Possibly career um, best back to back week. I'm just going to I'm just going to yeah. bring up the AFL Close. fantasy again, just to call out how mm, much yeah. BS it is. So Tell Ashley Maloney had two less disposals, and then Maddie Pisparkas had what's that? Five more marks, three less tackles, more meters gained, three more score involved, same amount of goals, same amount of goals, and had nine less fantasy points than Matty Prasparkas. But had more than 10, uh, 10% better disposal efficiency. Yeah. It's like, what, what else? Yeah, yeah, the fantasy is just a bit stuffed. Yeah. It's obviously favours the midfielders a lot more than players who are playing in their 11th game, playing absolute out of their skin and other players playing out of their skin. But, you know, yeah, who cares? At the end of the day, they can um, have the fantasy points all they want. We got the win, so jog on. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we need to wrap up this part of the show so we can get into um, our Patreon player focus. We're nearly at an hour, but just before we leave, um, some news br- uh, came out. Now, this actually was an article written four days ago. Four days ago, chaps. But Four days. I don't know. Had you guys seen this? I hadn't seen I hadn't. it. This says normally um, I get an email article, from the Cats. Well, this email on the AFL, oh, sorry, this article on the AFL website says it was written four days ago. Um, but anyway, the main point is that Oshin Mullen has inked an extension um, after his rookie campaign. It's a new deal that would see him remain at Geelong until at least the end of 2025. Uh, it wasn't out of contract until the end of the season anyway, but Geelong has rewarded him with a one-year extension following a bright start to life in the AFL. Chaps, just, yeah, four or five minutes here for the good people. What are your thoughts about Mullen signing on? Um, yeah, and go. Uh, yeah, happy. Happy to see him sign on and looking forward to seeing him pulling the hoops again for another two years at this stage and hopefully improve on his skills because he's still got a lot to to prove and to work on but what we saw glimpses of last last season um it was promising it was really really promising so i'm really looking forward to seeing him improve and get a proper pre-season in along with the other lads in aflm so yeah very happy. Good to see the Cats uh, retaining players that they want to retain. Yeah, I agree. I could try to fill four to four to five minutes uh, talking about, it, but I actually feel like I'm going to throw it back to you, Jake. And so, as a as an early proponent of his and someone who was excited in the early days, I think I'd rather hear what you have to think about it. Nice. Okay. Um, I think it's a great signing. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think for all, you know, there's a lot of doom and gloomers out there being like, oh, the cats, they're, 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 um, 
you know, they're cooked. They're, they're no good. You know, they're going to be no good moving forward. They've got no young talent. Well, we've just locked up a really promising um, player and just efforting to try and get the contract situations up here um, for the Cats. You've got Brad Close signed until 2025. You've got Brian Myers signed until 2026. Um, who else were the other youngest? Nevitt, Oshin Mullen, both through 2025. Ollie Dempsey through 2025. Shannon Neal, Tanner Bruin, end of 2025. Conway, 2025. Atkins, 2025. I, I think there's lots of young, exciting talent that's being... Like that's signing on with the cats. And I think that's what's exciting about this is that it's you can look at it and go, how good is it that the cats have offered this, you know, promising player, you know, this contract extension? I would flip it around and say, How good is it that we've got young players who are going to want to sign with us? You know, he was still under yeah. contract. There was no specific reason that he needed to sign an extension from his point of view. Um, but I think that continues to speak to the fact that he likes the situation. He likes being there. He's happy to, to, to commit himself, you know, that's a culture, uh, for the extra time. I just think it's win-win. Um, I think he showed a lot of promise. Uh, I think you can see that, uh, like he was warming to it as the season went on. You could see him learning in real time. I know watching the VFL one of the most pleasing things for me was seeing him like you talk about Sambo, like making runs that aren't necessarily rewarded, but he was pushing forward, joining the attack in the VFL men's um, the ball didn't always come out his way, but it was just good to see him getting up and down the ground, um, getting involved in both defensive and attacking play. So I think it's a really good get. I think he's super promising. And I think it shows that there's still a belief um, in the playing group, in young players at the club, that there's a bright future. Um, you don't have you know young players jumping off left, right, and center. Yes, we lost Asava Radigalia, but I think we all know that if the back line's healthy, he wasn't going to be in in the best twenty three. Um, De Koning, Stewart, Henry um, uh, were more than capable. Uh, and you had some other players who can pinch hit down there if you need. So I think it's super exciting. I think it's great. Uh, I think it's great news. And uh, just another young, talented cat uh, extending their contract when they don't have to, which is a good sign, I think. Absolutely. Aren't we, glad, aren't we glad that I threw it back to Jake? Because I, uh, yes. I, I, I had a sense that he had, a, he had an angle and he had something to say about it and he was hoping that i would be able to intuit it and just know but i didn't so i just had to mind. be honest and say you just say what you're, what you're <laughs> <laughs> and it came off perfectly perfectly came off all right oh and there's Perfect a banner look at that yeah. follow us oh all right that is it for the free part of the show if you want to come behind the patreon curtain with us and talk about claudia gunjaka um, her performance this season um, versus her career and then in this game specifically, go on over and subscribe to the Patreon, uh, Chap Chat Cats, $3.50 US per month. Video shows, extended shows, and VFL men's and women's coverage during the, those seasons. Thanks for listening. Until next time, go Cats! Go Cats! Go Cats! Go Cats!